Take a break from your busy schedule and join Harold Sala for Guidelines for Living. Every man should keep a fair-sized cemetery in which to bury the faults of his friends, so wrote Harriet Ward Beecher. Most of us, however, never get to the cemetery with those faults. We gunny-sack them. We file them away in our memory banks. We store them in the closet, and then when the time is right, we marshal them and use them as weapons and clubs to wreak vengeance upon our enemies. Take, for example, the young woman who had become engaged. As she was preparing the wedding guest list, she said, Mom, why isn't anybody from Dad's side of the family invited? I don't know, dear, she said, quickly adding, We've had nothing to do with his brother's side of the family ever since we married. That evening, she asked, Dad, why are we not inviting your brother and some of the family on your side of the family to the wedding? Somewhat pained, the dad replied, We haven't had any contact with him for years, and why not, she pressed. Well, he said, something happened, and we've both gone our own ways. While a wedding may not be the time to build bridges, because it's a celebration that needs to be unblemished, there is a time to forgive, and a time to go beyond forgiveness, which is restoration. In Bible days, when there was a feud or a war, and the two parties decided to make a treaty and restore the peace, they would get together and make a covenant, an agreement between them. It was called a bereath, which, as you might suspect, was a Hebrew word which literally means to cut between. And a sacrifice was divided, and the two pieces of meat were put in the fire and roasted. And the ones who had been enemies had a meal together. They broke bread together. No longer were they separated, as the symbolism suggested. They were one, partaking of the feast together. The fact is that going beyond forgiveness is always costly in terms of humility, in terms of relinquishing your hatred and your desire to hurt the one who has hurt you. I think of restoration as going home after the war, as opening the door to your husband or wife who has wronged you, as allowing the teenage son who disappointed you to eat at your table, forgiven and restored to a place in the family. During the Korean conflict in the early 50s, a North Korean soldier, actually a teenager who had been pressed into the army and given a gun, in a fit of rage and anger, took another Korean youth and executed him right in front of his family. Later, the same youth was captured by South Korean soldiers, and the mother and father of the boy who had been killed were called upon to identify the young man. Yes, this was the boy who had held them captive. Yes, it was the one who had pulled the trigger. But surprisingly, the parents pleaded for his life. He was angry. He didn't know what he was doing. Let us have the boy, please, and raise him in place of our son. The surprised and somewhat befuddled military tribunal gave them their request, and the offending youth was actually sent home with the parents of the boy who had lost his life. Today, almost unbelievable, that person is a Korean pastor. In that home, he experienced forgiveness. He found God, and God made the difference. Forgiving is important, very important. But it is restoration that brings the great dividends. Whether it is one who has wronged you, your husband or wife, your son or daughter, or your parents. 
Thank God for His grace that allows us to be reconciled to Himself. It is also His grace that enables us to be reconciled, going one step beyond forgiveness. You've just heard Guidelines for Living. Visit givetoguidelines.org and become a partner in sharing hope and encouragement in Christ with others around the world. That's givetoguidelines.org. Thanks for listening and join us again for Guidelines for Living.